So the church is in a horrible spot. And I'm actually kind of – this is the very – I'm going to be very, very unbroken and very, very honest with you both because you are my friends. Um, this is the first time in a very, very, very long time that I've had to ask myself, can I keep being Catholic? Now, I'm not saying that I'm doing that. I'm not saying that I'm going to leave. I'm not saying that I want to leave. But I'm just – I'm saying with everything going on in the church, here in my diocese, people – like it's the first time that it's that I've – kind of have that little like creeping in of like why am i doing this um and i i'm just curious to kind of get uh your guys's take on that because again i don't want you to think that i'm like sitting here saying i'm going to leave i mean it's just there's only so much a person can take i think before you start to question it's it's you know um i i know it comes down to trust but there's there's this part of me that's just like I mean, it was, I don't know, like right before Mass over on um, Sunday, I, I got to a, not a dark place, but just a really, I mean, as close to despair as I've ever gotten, despair with regards to the Catholic Church that I've never really experienced before. Just wanted to share that and thought we could start on a real light note. <laughs> yeah. Wow. No, I mean, I guess I, I guess I understand. I, I, I definitely am in the worst state of mind towards the church that I have been in a long time. Um, I haven't like thought about like leaving cause I don't feel like I could, like you said, you know, it's like, there's not really an option, but it's definitely like, um, I definitely am not satisfied with the response of almost anyone in the church. Like I, like it's not getting better for me. Does that make sense at all? Yeah. Like it's getting worse actually. Every time I read a letter from a bishop, every time I read a statement from a bishop, every time I look at what they talked about at the synod and stuff like that, it's like it just makes me more angry. Yeah. Like there's just that McCarrick article today where he just basically denied everything, talked about right-wing people. <laughs> Did you read that, Dave? And just – Yeah. No, he no, just I, basically says that um, he doesn't believe he would do something like that when he talked about sexually abusing a boy from nine – for 11 years, basically from nine to um, 20 years old or whatever. And, uh, and he's like, I, I don't believe I would do something. And the person said, you don't believe you would do? By saying that, it makes it sound like you don't know yeah, you, like if you're capable of that. Right. Like, that's what the word believe means. He's like, that doesn't sound like me. Right. Do you know what's, do you know what's so terrible about all this is that um, like I was not happy with the state of the priesthood before the sexual part of this crisis. Like, I was just, like, so tired of bourgeois priests, oh, yeah. you know, like, and, like, I was already, like, the biggest critic. And I worked for it, you, it, Gomer, you've met my my pastor, Father John. Yeah, the opposite of a bougie priest. Right, right. He's, like, a, he was, like, a saint. So I held everyone to such, like, a high, uh, you know. So I was already in a bad place. And now to find out that a lot of that money flowing through these places was going to cover up things. It's just like, it's almost unbearable. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, like, again, I I can't stress enough. Like I'm not going to leave. It's just that, right. That those thoughts are starting to creep in a little bit. Right. And it, I'm curious with your dealing with us, with uh, spiritual warfare, have you seen stuff where people are like doubting the church or like what the church is, or is it more like they hate what the church is? Because I've just like there is a part of me that's like, how much of this is 
spiritual warfare, how much of this is the fall of man, how much of this is right. post-modernity, post-Christian culture. Like, right. what the I, – I, I guess oh, what I'm asking is what the FVDF is happening right now. Right. And what yeah. has been happening. Right. Yeah, I think it is. Like, I think for – well, you know what's so weird? This is what's one of the weirdest parts about the exorcism ministry is when you meet people and they'll say like, th- like they'll say something like this, like, "Well, my aunt was a witch, and I used to watch her do tarot cards, and then we moved into a house that was supposedly possessed, and then I joined the Ma- the Freemasons, and then I had a neighbor who was a Wiccan, and they inter- and it's like all these things that you're like, the story's so crazy, like." This can't be true. Like this just must be like you're reading into everything. You're seeing a demon around every corner. And it's kind of like you kind of start to see like what the devil does is like he just uses all those things. It, it's it's all of those things. Post-modernity, the sexual revolution, homosexuality in the church, uh, you know, all money, clericalism, all this stuff. He uses it all. And then he plants people, you know, who he knows can kind of just push it over the edge. And it's just like you can just see his master plan kind of taking fruit but i don't think he's behind every action i think he it's more like a snowball he just has to push it down and it starts rolling 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 like crazy like, you know? oh, but sorry. um you keep going yeah well no, go ahead. like one no, of no. the things that is so discouraging to me is that you have people who are well-regarded lights in the church like like mccarrick i don't think he was seen as a light in the church he was just like an imperial cardinal, right? Like, he, he was bougie, as bougie gets. A lot of people knew that about yeah. him. A lot of the other men that kind of floated in a circle, they're not, like, down-to-earth men who loved the priesthood. That didn't pour out of them. What they loved was their position and authority and, you know, whatever, and they could talk a good game. I mean, I read a couple uh, sermons or interviews by McCarrick during Benedict's year, and he could play the conservative card just as much as he needed to. Um, okay. But the... The thing that, like, kills me, like with Pope Francis, who I, I'm, I've reread Laudato Si and I've reread parts of um, Evangelii Gaudium, and, and I love what I've read. And I've read, like, some of his homilies lately. Like, they're so on point and amazing. Okay. But then you see things okay. like, like in Denmark, which was, excuse me, Belgium, which was the lone Catholic holdout yeah, after right, the Reformation, right. was right. fiercely Catholic, and now is right. one of the most depraved nations in Europe in terms of morality and all this stuff. And their cardinals were horrific, especially Daniil's. And Daniil's was replaced by right. a devout, rock-solid Roman Catholic cardinal who built a seminary. Like, they would get one priestly ordination a year in the whole country. They had the new guy come in. He got up to 14 ordinations a year in this one seminary that he built that was just a – it wasn't a fanatical seminary. And the next guy that was a Francis appointee came in, shut it down, and now there's no more of that. And he just went right back to the Daniels kind of line. And then you got Livio Molina, one of the greatest moral theologians right, alive. Right. right. That was that was hard for me when I saw that. And it's all under – this hard. is the thing that kills me. Wait, 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 wait. Really quick for people who don't know. So Livio Molina is a moral theologian. He's like – one of the greatest yeah. theologians in the history of the church. He is brilliant. He has a book that everyone should get called Sharing in Christ's Virtues. It's awesome. It's amazing. Um, but he, he's been at like this um, at, at this university in Rome for decades. He's an institution, and he's amazing. And what they did was they completely changed the rules. It's a pontifical university. So the pope completely changed the rules of how 
a uh, the head of the school gets elected. They change the rules completely to make it more, uh, you know, whatever, democratic, more this, more that. And then they immediately put in a terrible guy. And then he fires Livio Molina and a couple other guys who yep. were legends, who are not crazy psychopaths, yep. far right wing, blah, blah, blah. No. Nope. In any nope. way, they were as stalwart and as good as JP2. Like Livio Molina and JP2 are often mentioned in the same kind of like mindset. And then he's fired like. It feels like a, like a radical takeover, and then you're looking around. You're like, "What in the hell?" Just like this guy was not a crackpot. He's not. He's not a vegano raven. Like, oh yeah, Pope Francis, you got to get fired. He never did any of that stuff, and and he's can't, and he's amazing. And then I'm looking at that, and I'm like, "Oh, oh my gosh, I can't rely on the institutional church at all, at all, at all, at all." It's not just him. Think. Um... You know, the, the the part where I started to have to really take a close look at this pontificate was um, who's the guy who was the theologian to the USCCB? Oh, yeah. Uh, when when did my – when did – Yeah. Windy uh, guy. Wine Windy. I mean, when I saw that, it was like, what? You know, if he if he has questions, you know, Windy is not – it's like you said, he's no he's no tratty. Windy is part of a charismatic community. You know, he, he's amazing, right? And and he's having questions about this stuff. Like, yeah, and he was the papal or the USCCB's, like, lead theologian or something like that for, like, years, right? And then he's just – he's like, well, we have a lot of questions that need to be answered. Can you – know, right. like, this is not what – like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were making a mess. I thought we were inviting many voices. And then you look around you're like – you're literally dis- – and uh, this is my thing is I don't want to sound like one of those – I don't want to sound like Taylor Marshall. I don't. I don't. Yeah, you are. You're I, totally him. Your hair is going to be slick tomorrow. You're going to be wearing boots. Gonna have a, and you're um, going to like have like God. a pro-Trump, a MAGA hat on. Does that make me the asshole you of Tim, are. Like Tim Gordon? Be <laughs> I'll be like, blah, blah, blah. My wife, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, oh, blah. Matt Bradshaw putting is, our friend to a corner. This is oh, – you guys are bad. I think if they fought you two in a fight, they'd destroy you. He's like a competitive weightlifter. and Yeah. I, no, but do yeah. you know what happens when I get really, like, blackout yeah, angry? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember. I remember. <laughs> remember these fingers, yeah. Fluffy fingers. That's what they're known in the ring. <laughs> they will tickle until Timothy Gordon puts away the skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I could give us at least three seconds so Gomer could uh, 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 run away. Yeah, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Look, this running thing is really Shannon, annoying. Shannon, open the door. Shannon, you know me. I've got – I've got – I'm lungs – Oh, I'm like a fly, which is why I never smoked when I was younger. <laughs> my asthma, honey. My asthma. <laughs> Anytime we try to get you to come outside just to have the occasional drunken drunken cigarette, you'd be like, oh, my lungs. And I'd be like, oh, cry, baby. And yet, <laughs> as you cough in the back, oh, cry, baby. <laughs> and he, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I don't smoke Hey, Luke, you know who doesn't make fun of his co-host? Taylor Marshall. <laughs> he probably he does, does behind uh, behind closed doors. He's like it puts the lotion on the skin. <laughs> My hair's so much better than his, except for Jesus. that soul patch. He just like <laughs> stares in the mirror. He stares in the mirror and he like um flexes his pecs so it's like <laughs> I'm like Luger like brum thing. <laughs> uh, shamelessly mer- making fun of other people brings me back to my center. Um, no, but you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, and then like, I don't want to be associated with anyone on the right in, in, in a lot of ways. Like, like what I call conservative in, in certain ways has so like, 
there is a I'm getting rich or I'm getting views or listens on the I'm just going to mercilessly bash Pope Francis. I don't want to be on that train. Yeah, of course, I don't want to yeah. be on that train. That's gross. No, I don't. I don't either. I don't either. I don't either. No, I don't either. I, in fact, in fact, I, I was talking to some guys tonight at the parish, and it was like you know, I, I, they wanted my honest assessment, and I said, it might, "It's he's a mystery. I just don't yeah. get it. I don't get it." I when he came out and he started, first of all, started investigating the Vatican Bank. I was like, "Thank yeah. you, God," because I mean, how many people have to be murdered, like serial killed, surrounding that bank before we realize something's going on? It was and a then, plot in a film in 1989. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Right. And then. And then when he, I remember, I remember uh, one of the first things he said to the curia was, "If you're not praying to Jesus, you're praying to Satan." And I was like, "Yes, this is awesome!" You know, like, and and talking about how like they can't be living like these wealthy lifestyles. I was so excited, but now I'm just so confused. I I just don't know what to think about them. You know, I really don't. Do you think uh, there's um, and I I didn't want to turn this into like a bashing Pope like Pope Francis hour, but. Kind of, even. but here we are. Um, do you think there is an frustration on his part? Like there, like I, there's been a couple times when I have seen him talk where he seems he gets kind of he seems to get angry very quickly. And for someone, say in, people say for, that Who for knows? a person in you know his position, he seems to kind of like he snapped the crowds before he snapped the reporters in ways that I don't think we've you know I just from what I recall I haven't in our lifetime I have not seen a pope do and i wonder if he's just um he's just angry and like like a a lot of us are and that can lead towards i don't know i mean i don't i don't know i'm just trying to i'm grasping at straws here i don't either do you know what one thing about him is that um i a priest who i really really respect it was at an exorcism conference said that he has an incredible priestly sense in the sense that um like if you know, like a lot of demoniacs, like will be brought by their exorcist to like go see the Pope because it's like really it's awful for the demons, you know. And Francis just, I mean, he just digs in. He loves it. He just goes immediately and grabs them and puts his hands on them and has no issue at all praying with them and everything wow. like that. He says like an, yeah, and and to great effect too. So I I love that about him. You know, I, there it's weird. It's in one breath, it's like there are statements he makes where I'm like, this is this is it. This is him. I. I, the one I've been, you know, kind of, kind of waiting for in a sense, and then in the next breath, it's like, oh, who let him near a reporter for God's sakes? Like, what? Get him away from that microphone, you know? So I, I don't know, I don't know what to think. I really don't. Um, when uh, you attend those exorcists, those exorcist conferences, do they talk about the state of the church at all? Like about like what's going on? And just, I'd be curious to know how how they talk about it. So they, so they used to. Um, and that's, that's, what's funny about all this, about all this scandal coming out. They used to talk about this kind of stuff and I never believed it. You know, I always thought like, cause a lot of times extras are like kind of weird and you know, they kind of fit the bill like in the movies. And I used to always think like, Oh, these are just like weirdo tratties. Like that just talking about this, like this is all conspiracy theory stuff. Sure enough, you know, it's all true. So they used to talk about it. They don't really talk about it that much anymore. Talk about what specifically? Uh, they used to. You're asking what? What do they well, talk what, about? What was it that they no longer talk about anymore? Like specifically, like the state, like the the secret, you know, lives of uh, immoral oh, clerics, okay. stuff okay. like that. And, and it, w- it wasn't like they talked about it, but it would just like be dropped in conversation. Where I'd be like, "What?" 
you know, like, because I was just so, I guess, innocent, you know, and, um, and I always just thought like, whatever, that's just, that's super weird, you know, like, they're just, that's, they're just one of those, like, you know, one of those um, conspiracy theorists, and, and now sure enough, you know, it's like all true. Sad. Well, I do want to say, you know, one of the things about having a memory is that you can remember when things were as bad and you can remember when the grace was in the middle of it all. And, uh, you know, I think about um, Sherry Waddell wrote something in our Facebook forum. She said, like, people keep thinking, and it annoys the hell out of me, (laughs) how people keep thinking that the church has never been in bad times like this before. Bishop Barron brings it up. Oh, yeah, I saw. I saw. Yeah, Bishop Barron brought that up in his letter to a surfing church. Like, no, it's it's in the Bible. It's in the New Testament as well as the Old Testament. It's literally throughout our entire church history. But she points out one of the things that I never knew, which was Ireland had almost completely forsaken the faith. 250 years ago, there was like hardly an Irishman was baptized. Almost none of them were catechized. And those were the people coming over to the United States. And it wasn't until the late 1700s and then again in the 18, uh, early 1800s that the first and second great awakenings happened in the Protestant world that Catholic missionaries were inspired to do the same in Ireland and in uh, the U.S., and they, their parish missions were a month long, and it was like seven days a week of preaching and teaching and catechizing. And it caused this massive revival in Catholicism to the point where when we think of, of Ireland, we think of it as like the Catholic motherland. And it wasn't that right. 250 years ago. You know what was? Paris, France. <laughs> you know, like it right. was the hotbed right. of Catholicism, and now it's flipped. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that book that she always references called Catholic Revivalism. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing because you think about, in a lot of ways, Catholic revivalism has taken the same vein in the sense that, like, it's not been necessarily, like, parish-based or bishop-based. It's been, like, things like Life Teen. It's been things like Franciscan conferences. It's been Catholic speakers. It's been things like that that have gotten people real excited about it. it, that's, That's a great book. Haven't read it yet. I'm literally on Amazon right now. By it's Jay good. Dolan. And it's good if you you have to be a super church nu- church nerd. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess my issue, you know, with not with what Sherry's saying, I totally agree with what Sherry's saying. But my issue, I'm more disappointed in the response to this crisis, and not that the response has been great in other times, but it's just like I just I want somebody to just. It's, it just seems so simple. It seems like a simple – I mean it seems like you could you could simply and quickly clean this up to be honest with you. you know? I, it's the self-preservation that, that breaks my heart. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, if, right. You, if I don't see any bishop – I mean really to be honest with you, like – I mean I, there, are, there are people saying good things. Bishop Barron's letter – I you know there's a bishop I didn't that read I, it, but I heard it's great. It's it is very good. Uh, there there is, is a bishop that I have met a couple times, and I, I know his brother very well, and I've been impressed how he's responded to to stuff. And but I, I haven't seen a bishop that is I'm Bishop Daly out in uh, I think he's in Spokane. Um, I haven't seen a bishop who, when he, the time has come, has been willing to like fall on the sword, right. Absolutely, and that's what I kind of want to see. I think I'm. I'm, yeah, I'm not too. saying I want to see, you know, take him to the guillotine on just charges. I just want to say, 
uh, like when something happens, I want the bishop, not the communications officer, not yep. right. the yep. chancer. I want the bishop to come out and say, I made a mistake. I want someone to like, if they deserve to go to jail, to be willing to say, I plead guilty, take me to jail. Right. Like that's what I want to see. I want guillotines and tribunals and pitchforks <laughs> and torches. Well, you know, no, no, I don't. But I do. I guess I want to see justice. Yeah. I want to be the Robespierre of the Catholic <laughs> revival movement. That's what I, want I want to, to kill them all until they kill me. <laughs> yeah. No, but like, and then Metallica can make and, an album. Before, I don't, and the reason why they don't sense. is because their lawyers want to get a better deal. You can never like. Yep. This is the thing I learned in prison ministry. When um, someone had uh, talked to me about, you know, they're never going, it's, it's worthless teaching them to repent because they're never going to do it because they've been trained by their lawyers to admit no fault. And that's why I actually think doing the types of prison ministry that I do in longer term prisons is easier because they're sentenced. They're already sentenced, right? There's, there's no going back. They're doing 30 years. They're doing uh, two lifetimes. Um, whereas I think jail ministry is a lot harder because they're still right. in that limbo. Oh yeah. But the idea of deny, 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 deny is the reason why they don't say anything. If a, but I mean, come on, we long to hear a bishop say, "You were right. I engaged in inappropriate actions. I touched this kid. I groped this kid. I um, use my authority to take advantage of a woman or you know a man or whatever it is." You want them to just admit it. And none of them, none of them do. No, no, they don't. And it's, yeah, I mean, they're, and they'll never gain that trust yeah. back until they do. And the hard thing is the, the, the press release speak, the PR speak. It's so hard. And I understand the need for it because there's, even if there's an accusation, there's a lawsuit coming. And, you know, I, I know this now <laughs> in my own life that, even if you're trying to do all the right things, people who want other have other agendas, they're they're not they're not gonna care about you doing all the right things. So there's another part of me that says, then screw PR speak, let's just come out and fully admit everything and on you know, it I'll I'll take out all the questions. I'm not afraid, but you can't. You can't in our litigious society you just can't. Truth is treason in an empire of lies. Ron Paul Ooh. campaign. Go it now. Go it now. <laughs> the exact opposite of Rage Against the Machine, Ron Paul. And yet. Yet somehow somewhat alike. So yeah, and yet kindred spirits. Eventually, yeah. if you go so far right, you loop around the back and you become a left wing. Yeah, oh, yeah. You totally do. You somehow totally he's do. like, I understand the anger, my friends. I understand the anger. Uh, just to let you know, I just um, bought Catholic Revivalism, the American experience. Luke, you would love it. You, it's all history. I'm in a bitter mood right okay. now, so maybe not. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I love you. <laughs> Let me nibble on your elbow. So, Dave. Uh, <laughs> it's a weirdness. Hey, Dave, can I ask you a question? Ew. You're, you're gross. gross. Can I ask you a question real quick? What has Pope Francis done for the exorcism ministry that the previous popes did not do? Um... Well, he recognized the International Association of Exorcists as a... Did that association already exist? It existed, but he gave them some kind of pontifical status or canonical status. I don't know, I don't know exactly what it is. Um, but I don't, you know, I'm not a big fan of those kind of organizations. You know that, Why? right? Like, I don't, I don't like... Because it's just like, 
Because then the wrong people can get on board and they get the cover for it? No, no, not at all. It's a wonderful organization, but it's like exorcism has become such a cloak and dagger thing, right? When really – and so now we associate it with like some kind of very like far off like hyper rare Mm, Catholic spirituality. It's like okay. they sensationalize it almost by being a group. Well, I mean, whereas we should see it as a part of everyday life that the bishop is the de facto exorcist of the diocese. Okay. And mm-hmm. that the way to understand it is not to find your priest who's like Yoda or like a Jedi, but to understand it as the, as the bishop lending his apostolic authority for that exorcism, you know? So, I, so I'm, I'm not saying, you know, the International Association of Exorcists is a, is a good group. They're amazing. But I, I just, you know, I, I don't like the USCCB. I don't like any of those groups. So it's like, yeah. well, what, what, <laughs> what pushes you away from them? Like, just you feel like it's creating a cadre of Navy SEAL priests, uh, exorcists, instead of like, yeah, kind just of, do your job. In a, in, in a certain sense. And I understand what they're doing is they're coming together for support and to talk about issues. And I think that's important. So it's, it's a necessary thing. But I just, like, we... My dream is to normalize the like the soteriological aspect of exorcism, right? The fact that the church has the rights to claim an individual and she has the means to defend that claim on the individual's life, right? And that's how exorcism should be understood, not as some like, I don't know, like almost like esoteric kind of spooky practice, right? It should Weird be seen as – yeah. right. Well, you know, it's funny. I think, you know, um, I, so some person had a tweet a couple of years ago, I think, that I really liked where they said it's um, like really funny how like everyone craps on Catholicism until they need an exorcism. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, they don't believe, you know, and yeah, it's like, so funny. Yeah. you know, this thing where like when it push comes to shove, when you're in that um, moment, one of the first people you're going to call is a Catholic Second priest. person, right. Ghostbusters. Right. And I... And I think, and I think that there is something to that of where we all kind of get it. Yeah. Like oh, I yeah. think most Catholics understand that because of baptism and the, and what we say that we reject, unless you're the head of the Jesuits. Um, <laughs> awesome. Screw that guy, right? Yeah, that's a whole oh, other thing. How awful! Boom. How awful! What, like what? I, I, you know what pisses me off about that? That not very nice person yeah. just threw a lot of really good Jesuits under yeah. the bus. Yep. There are so many good oh, yeah. who stu- he stuck Jesuits them out there just all by himself. Yep. Because he just wanted to look cool to the people who, you know, enjoy the musical stylings of Annie DeFranco. Yeah, though I do. Like 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 I'm wanting to appeal to like I'm a left wing American to be like, Catholics are cool, see, we'll just deny this thing. Um right. right. I don't know. That I'm was sick a... of the obsession with being looked at well in the eyes of uh, um, the world, like you know, uh, <laughs> well, no, individuals no, of I- Ivy League, oh, yeah. Ivy League academia, yeah, yeah, of like you know, of like you people know. who uh, like to tell you all this, you know, right. how they're in with the latest trend or co- trying to you know cause that. Who only listen to certain kinds of music because it, right, yeah, right. You know, um, <laughs> it just it's, there's actually a great episode of Atlanta about that, about Jesuits. Uh, yeah. So so, anyways, anyways, it's a so he recognized. That organization, I think the f- the final um, translations of the the new exorcism ritual, are, I think, came out under his pontificate. Um, 
So, so I don't know if he had too much of a, um, of a role in that at all, other than, you know, he was at, at the helm during that time. And then, um, you know, he's, he's well known for that, that one, that one public exorcism he did where the, uh, the legionary priest brought, you know, this poor, uh, demoniac or Nergaman, whatever you want to call him from all the way from Mexico. And they explain what's going on with, to Pope Francis. And you, you can see in the video, you know, Pope Francis just immediately takes his two hands and grabs the guy by the side of the head and starts to pray. And, and, you know, he's the, the man starts to shake and kind of manifest some really awful stuff. And, and it, what's so hilarious about it is that, you know, the, then, then the, the voice of the Vatican, you know, whatever that dude's name is like two minutes later, basically denies the, that, that, that ever even happened. It's like, it's already on YouTube. It's already on Twitter. Like everyone's talking about it. You know, there's pictures of it and everything like that. Why would he deny it? It's just funny. Because he's embarrassed? Because I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. Because it's a de facto thing for a bureaucrat to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Right. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest, guys. I'm having a really hard time finding hope in this. Like I get close, you know, so I was at, I was at mass and this priest talked about how, he had a really great line, like, in order for stars to shine, you have to have darkness. And then I was like, all right, fine. I'm good. I'm a beautiful and star. Then I do, <laughs> it's like, all you got to do is have the word star in there, and then I'll go back to Balthasar, and I'll be fine. <laughs> so uh, the, uh, the, I, I'm excited to see, you know, the saints that come out of this. Yeah, I, I'm, a, you know, I'm a huge St. Catherine of Siena nerd. I mm-hmm. love St. Catherine of Siena and, you know. Like, I can't wait to see who the St. Catherine of Siena of our generation is. Turns out it's Timothy Gordon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, turns out we were out very wrong. That she was on a, a very rare, uh, very obscure show called Catching Foxes. <laughs> and her name is Luke Gregory Carey. Carey. <laughs> we can now say his last name. That's me. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Who cares? Screw you, Archdiocese of Cincinnati. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So many people that I that I love are there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gormley, your face goes like we just got kicked out of a diet. <laughs> no, that's not true. I love that. All my friends are there. Hey, uh, my dear beloved so coworkers. Dave, I you are morally obliged to come on our show and share some more exorcism stories. You are. You have to. There's no I don't care if they're open cases or not. You can make up some details. No, I can't share. Oh, no, oh, I can't. Oh, no, for, oh. well well, let me let me say this. Let me give a disclaimer. I don't care if they're possessing your basement right now. I want to know the story. This is when a band tries to like rewrite their first unfamous song and call it part two. Yes. <laughs> Are you one forgiven on two? <laughs> Hit me, so, baby, one more time, part two. So my disclaimer to this, to your your request for stories, is that I don't actively assist in any official diocesan ministry right now. So Not that means all. you're free to tell tales. I mean, in in the in the rare case that I might, you know, just they might not have somebody else to help. But I've moved almost entirely into the academic side. Oh wow! Um, wow, where the spirit goes. But I die. did. Uh, but we recently did deal with a nasty house case. Go on. 
<laughs> All right. Listen, John Drizaldi said he wouldn't give us money on Patreon until we had you tell stories. Yeah. Tell some stories. So I would, John. I would just like. I would just like if John called me, I could like set it up for him, so he wouldn't even have to say like hi. We wouldn't exchange pleasantries. He would just call. He would love I would just, that. I would, would just answer that. the phone and be like, "So then I was walking up the stairs," and they would just start <laughs> like that. John would be like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> <laughs> I know um, exactly. Okay, so. So this is so this is a kind of a crazy story. So you know, I, the one talk I give is called "The Catholic Truth About Angels, Demons, Ghosts, Exorcisms, and Hauntings," and it's like pretty much the only thing I do now. That talk, as far as like traveling and speaking, no, and, coming up um, on Halloween, you better get excited. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm booking. I'm trying to book <laughs> desperately right now. I'm trying to book desperately right now. So if anybody's out there, wants where can to book people it, find it's, you? It's free. TheSinnersGuide.com. TheSinnersGuide.com. It's free to book at your parish. You pay for travel and lodging, and then I, I do a little pitch during the talk, but, uh, but it's free to the parish. So anyways, all right, so I give this talk all over. Last year, over 10,000 people came to these events, okay? And at one of the events that was local, this, this lady came up to me with her mom, and she said, we just bought this old colonial house. It's like 150 years old or something like that, something crazy. And she said, like, well, all the neighbors and, like, the neighborhood, they all said that, like, it's haunted. What should we do? And I said, oh, don't worry about it. Like, everyone who buys an old house, that's, like, the rumor about their house. Like, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it, okay? So, then, like, so two years later, I get, a like, a, uh, an email from this lady. And she's like, do you remember me? And I said, no, I, no, I don't remember you. I, I have hundreds of these situations where people contacting me about this stuff. And, uh... She said, well, I came to your talk and you said not to worry about it. And yesterday we were starting construction on the house and we opened up one of the floorboards and we found like 30 bundles of women's clothing soaked in blood. And they, yeah, and they called the police, right? So they called the police. What? The police. Turns out it was jam. The bundles of clothes were to protect the precious, precious yeah, preserves. Right. Exactly right. <laughs> Jams. Yeah. So, so they call the police, and the police come out, and they say, uh, "Yeah, I mean, so they do a test, and it's human blood, and they they say that they, you know they think that it was the site of a murder from over at least seventy years ago. Okay, or, or or multiple murders. Okay, they don't know. They don't know how many. So." She says, I'm really freaking out. What do I do? And I said, well, just because, you know, that was there, it doesn't necessarily mean your house is um, infested, right? Um, But why don't you send me a picture, you know? So she sends me a picture of, like, all these bundles, and it's all laid out in, like, um, ritual fashion. And it's, like, just – it's things that I I know – it's a lot of, like, occult things. Like, for instance, most of it was, like, women's undergarments. There were, like, strange little – like Fortunas or like little, uh, you know, little occult things mixed up with it. Um, there was some weird pictures, like just, I could tell by the way it was laid out that this was like somebody was practicing some kind of occult thing. So I think oh, like, good oh Lord. boy, good so this Lord. is rough, you know? So, so it just yeah, happens that, that, yeah, right. That my exorcist is out of town. So I bring this other young priest with me and, um, <laughs> you know, like, uh, and he's awesome. Like this priest 
is a good friend of mine. He's like one of the best preachers I've ever heard in my life. But like, he just wears his heart on his sleeve. So like, we walk in the house and he's like, "Oh man, this place is definitely possessed." You know, and I'm like, "Calm down, all right? Will you not? You know, let's not freak them out." Like, I'm like, you've been you know? here before. It's so, like, yeah, right, like yeah, you've been right. here before. And, uh, <laughs> right, right. And, uh, and, and so anyways, we're going through the house and like, you know, I'm, I'm looking at everything and I'm, I'm realizing like, okay, this is, this is serious. How much urine has your body expelled into your undergarments at this point? (laughs) None. None. You are, you are such more of a man than the both of us combined. Yeah, all of well, my bladders was, you, you would be what? empty. I have multiple sacks. Do, do you know what? It was, do you know what? It was an empty house. And it's so much scarier when the house isn't empty because it's always the creepiest house you've yeah. ever been to where they have like antique dolls or like antique tools or something like that. And you're just waiting for them to fly off the wall. I collect like antique but, bundles of women's undergarments. Yeah, <laughs> right, just totally right. randomly. So like, um, so anyway, so I like stick my head down in this hole to like look oh, at that's everything, good. you that's know, good. and I you put, God, put some, I'm about put some to throw up right now. Like so I put my head down this hole. <laughs> Gonna get chopped off. I literally, as I put as I put my head in the hole, I was like, uh, and and father and father was like, oh, you're are you afraid you're gonna see something? I was like, yeah, I'm terrified of rats. You know, I'm not afraid. the demons. I'm not scared of. It's the rats that I'm afraid of. Right? Uh, rats. He hates so anyways, rats. So so anyway, so um, I you know after seeing it all, I think you know I should bring the actual official exorcist here. We're just gonna let this lie. I'll wait till he gets home. We'll set something up. So. Um, the, the official exorcist comes out and like when he got out of the car, he got pushed back, like physically pushed back and like fell back into his car. It was a crazy, crazy ordeal. So he went in and did, you know, exorcism of place and, and, um, and nothing crazy happened during the actual exorcism, but I took all, so I said to the lady, like, could you just have your workers burn all this stuff? And she was like, no, they're not going to burn this stuff. Like, you know, what do I do? And I was like, okay, I guess I'll take it to my house, you know? And, um, seven so days. I, so I took seven it, days. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. So we took like this bucket of stuff back to my house and Wait, I, and, and I, the cops were just okay with it because of how old it was. Well, no, no, actually, no, they weren't. So they took most of the big bundles, but there was okay, a lot okay. of stuff left over. Okay. Okay. Um, so then, so that, but th- we got home late, so I didn't get to burn it that night. So how is that um, not the first priority? <laughs> well, this is clearly using a satanic ritual. I'll get to it tomorrow. I hate, I hate to smell like smoke. I hate smelling like smoke. So um, <laughs> you want to smell so like anyways, cucumber melon? So I put it right next to the stack of good housekeeping. I was going to be burnt. <laughs> no, I left it outside. Obviously, so <laughs> I left um, it outside for the neighbor kids <laughs> to come and play with. Hey, it. I was playing with your bundles that you left on my trampoline. <laughs> oh shut up kid i'll get to that tomorrow i hate the smell of smoke i'm a dandy and his like head's like turning around his head's like turning around um, <laughs> he's like hello david <laughs> little timmy <laughs> just the other night i was stroking your head while you were lining your face head on my chest drinking breast milk <laughs> oh we've- i'm sorry go oh, ahead this is too much <laughs> so, the, so then the next night, um, I still don't want to smell like smoke, so I had my son burn it for me. So he burnt it you all. You are a terrible and, father. <laughs> and they we put, like, exercise water on it and everything. So um, your son is more of a badass than <laughs> Gomorrah. I combined. Yeah. Go on. Right, right. So, so, but then that night when we burned that stuff, then I guess in, in her own house, she had some, like, real bad stuff happen in the middle of the night. So, And I had some weird stuff happen, like some weird things happen as well. 
So, um, and the exorcist actually had, you know, he had some problems like the whole week. So, um, so it was a, it was a pretty nasty little case. Can um, you tell me what weird thing you had happen in your house? Uh, I no. But, um, but, uh, can you tell me it, it, and I just edited it no, out? No, <laughs> I don't. Oh, I will you. totally edit do? it out. We did that last time you were on okay. the show. So anyway, so, so, so from what I've heard, they've, so from what I understand, they've moved into the house and everything's fine now, but um, house, it was a rough couple of weeks. It was a rough couple of weeks for sure for them. So that was so that what happened. happened. <laughs> so why? Sorry, no, no, no. sorry. Go on. I was just gonna say me. what what happened at their house when you guys set that stuff up. Uh, they hadn't moved in yet to the to the old colonial house, and um, she um, was woken up in the middle of the night and had something happen to her. So, fluffy uh, fingers. So yeah. So what's so, that? Fluffy fingers. Yeah. <laughs> These are spirit. Oh, uh, these are spirit fingers. Ah! <laughs> yeah, uh, get those jazz hands out of here. <laughs> what is bringing on on my TV? Why do I have a TV? That's how Satan gets in <laughs> through the TV. <laughs> Harry Potter's next. Yeah, if I'm Franciscan has taught me anything, it's that TV's the devil. <laughs> um, that's not true really? at all. Everyone oh, yeah. should. Uh, everyone should go there. Uh, <laughs> so, Dave, like, I, I'm. I am curious. Like, why? Because, like, we believe that Christ is all-powerful. Christ can do anything. When you have an exorcism, why doesn't it just work like that? Like, why isn't it just, like, the priest goes, he does his thing, and then, like, everything's fine? Why is there, like, why did the priest get shoved? Why does stuff happen? Like, why does it take time? Um, well, it could, it could work well like that. Um, everything is limited by God, everything. And the it's possible that, like, the demons kind of show, like, they do like a show of force of like a bravado kind of to see like if, if they could scare you, you know, and then they'll stop. Like when they realize they can't scare you, they'll, then they'll stop that stuff usually. So like when I was first assisting priests, a lot of weird stuff would happen um, to me. And then, you know, when, once, once they realized it, I, I wasn't going to stop then it pretty much stopped happening. Now, every once in a while, there'll be like a really bad case or something like that, and I will have some problems, but but nothing like um, nothing all that bad. So they might show some bravado there, um, but mostly they're just like trying to like show their power to see if they could just get this to stop like right away. Once that, as soon as that priest walked into the house, they knew like oh, we're done for here. But don't forget. Um, in that case, what it would be what we would call, um, let's see, um, implicit permission, meaning that you moved into a house that they already had, right? So in a sense, you're giving them implicit permission to attack you in an extraordinary way. So um, when we removed the, the rights that they had, meaning the occult materials, the reason that the curse was there or whatever was going on there, then that implicit permission was taken away. And then it should be really easy, you know? A house should be easier, but it's not. I don't know why. What? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Like, why? So, like, house hauntings. Um, my first inclination is always like, that's not real. Um, it definitely sounds real. Uh, I mean, not well, that, like that. You know, that's an infestation. Hauntings would be different, but I. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. okay. No, no. Well, I mean, like that. Um, I. 
I've, I've always kind of understood that when it comes to like spiritual possession, it's more about people as opposed to hauntings mm. or about like, so I'm, I'm kind of like curious, like, like what is like, so like how, how does a haunting work? Like, what is that? Well, okay. So let's distinguish. So there's two terms you're throwing around terms that, so like what a haunting, what, what, a, what I would say, which is in the little T tradition of the church, not the big T tradition of the church is that a haunting would be a purgatorial soul that is allowed to come back to annoy someone into praying for them. Okay. So that's a, that's a benign thing, right? That's a, in fact, that's a good thing, right? In a certain sense. So that right? can to... happen then. Oh, it happens all the time. I have great stories about hauntings. Yeah. Tell, tell three. I've, I've really, I've, I've one really awesome one that I tell all over. So I can tell you uh, one, one great one. It's my, it's my favorite one. So when I, um, when I first moved, uh, to Pittsburgh, um, I got a call because, uh, like, priests would like give my number out because they at this time there was not like a, a set up ministry, and so I got a call from like this old lady. Uh, she was ninety three years old, and she said, "Is this David Mickle?" And I said, "Yeah," and she said, "I need you to come over. My husband George will not leave my house." Have I told you the story before? I, I mean, if you did, I don't care. Maybe. Okay. Okay. So. And I was like, li- literally, that's all she said. And I was like, okay. I was like, I think you need like a lawyer. Like, I don't know <laughs> what you mean. And she's like, she's like, no, George died four years ago. And I said, okay, well, why do you think he's still in your house? You know? And she goes, I don't think I know. And I need you to come over here. So, so I went over to her house and she lived in like this um, condo, like up, up in a high rise. And, uh, and I went, you know, into her house and I started talking to her and it was very clear that she was of sane mind and everything. And I said, well, can you tell me why, you know, you think George is still here? And she said, yeah. She said that her husband worked in the steel mills. Okay. And they were married for 54 years. Okay? God bless them. Yeah. Yeah. And he worked like one of these crazy shifts where it was like the, the like five to something shift. Okay. So she said every single day for 54 years, her husband would get up an hour before her, go down and get ready. He would make her breakfast and then he'd call her down and they would sit at this table and have a candlelight breakfast. Okay. He would light this candle and they have a candlelight breakfast. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. When I tell that story in high schools, all of the girls are like, Oh, I want a ghost romance so bad. Um, we get it. There's a whole industry right. about that. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. R.I.P. So I was like, okay, so, so, so what does that mean? And she said, well, about a month ago I came down and the candle was lit and it's been lit every single morning when I woke up, I come down and the candle's lit. So I said like, well, you know, are you sure your kids like aren't, you know, just doing something special for you? Or she's like, I don't let them in here. And she's like, I was like, <laughs> I was like checking for like gas leaks and stuff like that. And just, you know, try, you always try and like find out beyond a reasonable doubt that this is happening, you know? And it was very clear that this woman was of sound mind. So I said to her, like, you know, was George a good guy? And she said, well, George was rough, you know? And I said, uh, well, tell me about him. And she said, well, you know, he was rough. He didn't really believe in God. He didn't go to church with me at all until like the last about six months of his life. And he said he wished he had been there with me all those years, you know, but he didn't go with me most of most of the marriage. And I said, well, do you think George might be in purgatory? And she said, oh, yes, for sure. And I said, okay. So I called, uh, so I said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to call these, these priests who I know, and um, they live in a monastery and we're going to have seven masses said for George's soul. And, and we're going to see what happens. And sure enough, on the seventh day, when the seventh mass was said, 
uh, she woke up on the eighth day and the candle wasn't lit anymore. So we kind of took that to believe that George was welcomed into heaven, you know. So it's, that's a cool story about wow. ghosts. I so, love Catholicism. Uh, yeah. So haunting. Luke's are back, ladies and gentlemen. And he he was about to leave the church. <laughs> he's back, George. The candle. Everything. He's back. He's back, oh, awesome. and he's ready to kick some more ass. Starting with you, random person who wants to be cool. <laughs> So so an infestation would be the opposite of that. It would be a demonic presence, and it would be destructive and awful and terrible. And those um, those are really bad. They're, like, they're very, very difficult to take care of. Demons love to take places. I don't know why. Location, location, location. location. <laughs> real estate. It's all real estate. Listen, they are not about flip and sell. They want to live there. They are fine. <laughs> they would really prefer an ocean view. But California, they're just it's so, so crowded hard. that they don't have anywhere to go. So they're like, got, fine, so, I'll take Kansas. So the thing I'm learning about this is that you guys, you guys are very, you're really funny. Like you are. I give you that. You're hilarious. Oh no, are you about to? Are you about to scold us? Well, but you're just not. I mean, I, but I think that you, you guys enjoy yourselves like so much more than, than any than listener it. could possibly. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, and, and we all enjoy you. So, I mean, that's a good thing. Like, oh, we love I thought you were saying we shouldn't be making jokes right hysterical. now. I was like, oh, no, no we made David go mad. Please don't hate no. us. We need you. <laughs> no, I always, no, I always, I always make jokes about it. my, my exorcist. He's so funny. Cause he's like, you could like, literally people will be like, well, then, you know, the Mary statue flew across the room and smashed. And then, you know, I threatened to kill my wife and I don't know what's going on. And my exorcist will be like, huh? So you're you're having kind of a tough day. Like that's his response. Like he never reacts to anything ever. And so like when we would get in the car to like go places, I would like uh, I would turn on like the Ghostbusters theme song, and he'd be like, "Dave, this is not a joke. It's not funny." So it's a little I funny. It. I believe it was Martin Luther who said that proud spirit cannot endure to be mocked. So it's good to make fun of him. Yeah, there you go. Take that, douchebag. Um, <laughs> not today, Satan. Uh, <laughs> not today, Satan. I have a t-shirt um, that says that. Um, do you, like, so this has been on my mind because I pay, I've been, so I've, for some odd reason, well, I know why. I've gotten kind of into a uh, true crime podcast. And I listened to one on the BTK killer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fascinating. I'm just like, holy, I've been watching a mind hunter. That is why. And I've realized that I can't watch too much at one time because the Lord just puts me in a super dark place where I'm like, oh, my gosh, humanity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and for people who don't know it's a show on um, Netflix, it's a television drama by director um, David Fincher about people about like how people uh, I think it's kind of like a not true but kind of true story of the understanding like what serial killers do and it's all purely from like a psychological stand, stand okay. standpoint okay now obviously i'm not going to deny psychology i think that that's true but there's a there's this other part of me that's like man i wonder how much demonic influence plays into this stuff as well like yeah, I, yeah. you know and I, I'm, I'm always just kind of curious about like where what does that look like with science or is it like a science like manifestation of this stuff or is it just totally separate or is there maybe some kind of overlap or yeah, it could be all of those things, and it could be that like, um, like demons can mimic psychological issues. They can push psychological issues. They can do all those kinds of things. Um, 
But if you're talking about murder and the demonic, you're really more talking about like people who have given their lives over to Satan, like purposefully given their lives, not okay. just like, not just like you're you're not on a highway to hell. It's like people who literally like they've they've just dis- they're either like like Manichaean Satanists or like um, you know some form of sat- satanic worship. Those those would be the people who. You are their mur you know could be murderers yes basically. so yeah. if they're um so if 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 they're like into that stuff and they're killing people that's that's kind of like a okay that makes sense um right Satan always wants death all the time that's what he wants right so like it's you know pe- people think like it's like when when people talk about Planned Parenthood as being like a worship of Satan people think like oh come on you know like it's 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 a social program gone bad really bad it's not worship of satan like baloney no satan will take blood any way he can get it and whether that's ritualized worship or whether it's not ritualized he's he wants death you know so i'm um, oh, sorry you guys are just quiet no, no, no. after I <laughs> well, you just use the phrase uh, satan wants blood any way he'll get it i don't know how to react <laughs> to that statement other with a long pause and then uh, <laughs> uh, what, so does that what, mean that – okay, sorry. I had a joke there, but then I stopped myself because it was real bad. It was real bad. So <laughs> I'll tell Gomer later. <laughs> I can see your face. You're so excited I to am. hear this I joke. Uh, it's a joke that is periodical. I knew you were going to – it was a mentee <laughs> joke. I knew it was going to be a mentee <laughs> Oh, I didn't mean that. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where's your my dad? Um, <laughs> I loved your face you were making. Uh, with our apologies to Tennessee. Okay. Um, and Jesse Jackson. Um, I just, so like, what, what's your take on like the Jesuit, the head of the Jesuits being like, there is no Satan. Ha <laughs> ha. Joke's on you world. Yeah. What? I mean, what a joke. It's like, it, you know, this, it's like what we talked about before. They have this obsession with, with making the gospel, like just one other form of mythology in the world, right? So it's like you've got Norse mythology and you've got Greek mythology, and then oh, there's Christian mythology, and that's how we explain this. It's it's such BS, you know. And that that's part of the reason why I don't love the secrecy surrounding exorcism. I mean, obviously you have to have secrecy because of the the, the victims, but we should at least talk about it because it's a sign of the kingdom. Right. It's a sign of the kingdom. And so I, you know, whatever that guy, what a nutbag. I mean, you know, obviously he's one of these people who he's, he's a text critical theologian where he probably also says that it was a miracle of sharing for the, the loaves, loaves and the fishes. And, fishes. and he probably, he probably calls the, the, the resurrection a psychological reawakening and you know, all those things. Yeah. Like, one, so ridiculous. one day I was in a class and this guy said that Jesus did not magically multiply loaves of bread. That's nonsense. See, people used to carry loaves with them, and he got them to share the loaf that they were secretly hiding, and uh, it's, which completely contradicts the entire text. And uh, he was like, so all this crap about, you know, oh, Jesus is a miracle worker, blah, blah, blah. No, the miracle was getting people to share. And I was so sick of hearing this, so I raised my hand, and I said, what are you implying by that? I'm very offended. And he was like, excuse me? I was like, you're saying that it takes a miracle of God to get Jews to share anything? 
Like they're that Ooh, that's cheap, a good way and he was. Like, I was like, "This is the most anti-Semitic remark." Like they're literally going to let their friend and neighbor starve to death, and while they have a loaf, like, Rrr. and he was like, I, "I didn't imply that." And I was like, "That's exactly what you're saying." Yeah, and they so he's like, "We're moving along, a different text," uh, and I was like, "Thank you." <laughs> and then you were like, "Doctor Regis Martin, I object." I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, just can you kidding. imagine? Yeah. Uh, I would. He would just like he would just like burn the fire of God from his eyes into you if you if you said that it wasn't a real miracle. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Did you deny yeah. the veracity of the holy <laughs> writ upon which? <laughs> A luminary such as Flannery O'Connor wrote her damned yeah. prose. I do wish Scott Hahn had like a voice like him. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, yeah. No, it'd be just, too much. I want to hear him. <laughs> no. It'd be just Covenant. enough. Rome, sweet home. <laughs> and now we will partake of the Lamb's supper. Kenny Baldwin. <laughs> Ooh, why did his name come up? He because he worked for Scott Hahn. Oh, he, he, he's my best friend. I love Kenny. That's why I said that. Oh, do you uh, and Kenny do a podcast every week? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> well, I was, no, I love, I was just. <laughs> well, do you know what's, yeah. Have you guys, you know, Kenny's like one of the most phenomenal athletes around. Do you guys Except know that? Except for one game in the fall of 2014. Oh, this is going to be awesome. When somehow the Bayside Tigers came back with 23 seconds left, <laughs> down by 10 points in the Franciscan University of Steubenville A Flag Football Championship and John Drizaldi sacked him and we went and scored to win. I'm sorry, That's but go on about how he's a great best, athlete. That is the best story ever. <laughs> it was. Why was Kenny playing single A? That's stupid. I know, right? <laughs> he yeah. was so good. So the uh, so there's a priest and my my good priest friend he played division one football and one day i said like well you know you know who's like one of the best athletes ever i've ever seen is like kenny baldwin like he can play any sport he's amazing and he's like that nerd who works for scott Hahn." <laughs> and i was like yeah i was like I, yeah. he was like there's no way he's like you obviously haven't seen enough you know good athletes and i was like oh father he'll he will smoke you in basketball like and he's like dave i was a division one football player do you realize what that is so we have this big joke in the diocese of pittsburgh that like Anyone who goes up to Father Joey says, you know, I saw Kenny Baldwin playing basketball the other day. He's really good. He's really good. I love that at deanery meetings. They're like, if you see Father, make sure you make right. sure. Who's Kenny Baldwin? Shut up. Shut up, Monsignor. Just use the damn joke. <laughs> no, and I, I wasn't trying to I'm make fun of Kenny. I was just saying his name because he works for Scott Hahn. Seriously, yeah. I, I love right. Kenny. Luke, I don't think anyone thinks you're me, Dave. Uh, you yeah. know how I feel about I don't. The last thing I would want is people I care about. The thing that I don't, um, I don't um, like them. People I don't care about, whatever. <laughs> Luke loves those who Taylor love him. Marshall. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Uh, so, Dave, what's new going on in your life? Yeah, man. How you doing? How's the fam? Yeah, yeah, we're awesome, man. We're uh, I, well. You know, we just moved, and uh, we're building this. You, uh, you can't believe this ramp. For for Louisa and Max's wheelchairs, it is like it. I don't know how you describe it because I'm not an engineer, but basically, like it has to go up 12 feet. So, like the base of the ramp is 12 feet below the end of the ramp. Yeah. So it's a it's a big deal. Like this is a huge wow huge deal. So that's exciting. It's almost done and cool. And I've, it makes me feel like a man that I'm helping out and building this. But it's mostly the 80 year old yeah. men doing it. That's exactly what. It, oh man, these guys, these guys are classic, man. One of the guys was in the navy. He retired from the navy, and he's got like, 
he's got just Navy story upon Navy story. It's just awesome. He like always, so you work with him and he's just like sharing stories the whole time. Oh, that's awesome. But this is my busy season. I'll, I'll be doing my talk everywhere. Uh, the Catholic truth about angels, demons talk Yeah, everywhere until November. How do your kids and wife handle it when you leave so much? Uh, not well, it's hard. It's really hard. So my son, Max, right. Uh, who, I don't know. I don't think either of you have ever met them. Uh-uh. Have you weird? Yeah. I don't think so. It's weird that the two of you have never met my family. Yeah. Um, like I almost, so really, we're really crappy friends. Yeah. Uh, but I almost kind of do, do you, do you have them? I've never seen them in public. Uh, <laughs> maybe you can make this up. Maybe oh, you are wearing funny. an Amber mask. <laughs> yeah. I could never pull it off. No, um, no, you could not. <laughs> she, so, but well, well, so Max, he's heavy. He's like really heavy. So when I leave, you know, it's tough on Amber because she has to like lift him into bed and everything like that. So that's hard. But it also is nice that you know I get paid. <laughs> so that's a good thing. So it's not you know that's always nice. You know? Yeah. This is weird. This is a weird thing for me because it's the first time in our marriage we've had a mortgage. Yeah. You've always lived you know? at a parish that had a house. Right. Right. Oh man. So. Yeah, that's weird. So, do you like where you live? I love it. It's so quiet, and and none of the weirdos know where I am. So, like, none of my old cases <laughs> know where we are or anything like that. So I live back awesome. in the woods. You see the woman and the kids and the poltergeist and me. Dogs and me. <laughs> <laughs> I live back with the purgatory ghosts. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what? Um, do you want to hear? Want to hear a cool? Poltergeist activity story? Of course. Yes. The answer is always so, yes. Yeah. yeah. No, so, please don't um, tell us with your profound yeah, story of like faith well, and awesomeness. <laughs> well, I don't well, I don't know. I don't know if I've told you this before, but you can stop me if I did. So so I have <clears throat> this um so I've I've always worn like a big cro- a big wooden cross under my shirt. Okay, did you guys know yeah. that? I always yeah. oh okay, yeah. And for a while I wore a big wooden crucifix under my shirt, and it was like something that my aunt, my wife found and bought for me. So this lady <clears throat> emailed me and said, you know, she has been struggling with like a demonic presence into her life for 12 years and no one can help her. And, you know, just a really awful story that I hear all the time and over and over and over again. And I, I wrote back and I said, well, here are the rules, you know, for me, like I, I can't, I can't talk to you if you're being treated by an exorcist already. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to cross paths like that. Um, can't cross the you streams. Know, I, I'm, yeah, right. I'm not gonna, it, you, you have to promise to only do, you know, only look at Christian means for liberation. I, I have like a list of things that I ask people. Okay. And I said, and, and I'm going to try and set you up with an exorcist. So, so she's like, I have looked all over. There's no exorcist here. There's nothing I can do. Please. Is there anything you can do? You know, and, and she doesn't live close to here. Like it would take a, a plane, you know, to get to her. And so I said, there's really nothing I can do. I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, I think you should just go to a, find a, a very faithful local priest and tell him what's going on. And, and, and if he wants to call me, he can call me, you know? So, um, so she tries to, you know, find this faithful local priest and, uh, can't, can't find anyone who will even like give her a blessing. Like just, it's just awful, you know? So, uh. so, and, and I don't know if it's real at this point right, or not. Right. So I say to her, like, look, I'll, I will okay, I will call you and I'll answer your questions. And I said, but don't expect anything. Okay. Just, I just, I'm just going to answer your questions. So she calls, I answer all her questions. It's just this horrible story. She's really suffering. You know, her family's kind of abandoned her because of this. And she like, at the end of the call is just like 
please, will you please just pray with me over the phone? Please, please, please pray with me over the phone. And I say, no, I, I really don't do that anymore. Like, I don't, I don't really take any cases. And she's like, please, I'm begging you. Will you please just pray with me over the phone? I said, okay. So, so I just basically said, Jesus, hold the phone in your ear. I'm just going to pray my rosary. Okay. So we pray, pray the rosary. So that evening, um, and, 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 and she freaks out when I pray the rosary, like she's like starting to like manifest things. Like the phone keeps getting dropped and stuff like that. And her friends in the room with her and the friends like getting on the phone and saying like, what should I do? And I'm like, just, you know, just put her back on the phone. We're just going to keep trying, you know, <laughs> it's called so, speakerphone. put it on a table. Right, <laughs> right, right. So then, so then we hang up and then that evening, um, Amber goes, she's getting ready to cook dinner and she turns on the oven and this terrible smell comes out of the oven. Okay. This really awful smell. And I'm like, what the heck? You know, like some Judah must, like my son Judah must've put something in the oven. Like he's always doing stuff like that. You know, (laughs) it's like, what the heck did he put in the oven? You know? So I look in the oven and sure enough, the corpus from my cross is in the oven. And I'm like, Judah, what, you know, why did you do that? And he's like, I didn't do it. I was like, that's not funny. Why did you? And I get so mad at him, right? Because I think it's him. So I, I glue it back to my cross. And three weeks later, the lady calls back. And she's like, please, please, I, I need your help. Will you please, would you just pray the rosary with me over the phone again? So I pray the rosary with her over the phone. And sure enough, I turn on the oven like an hour later. And I start to smell that smell again. And I look in the oven and the corpus from my cross is in there. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Yeah. You guys aren't even responding to any of it. Because because what what are we supposed to say? So my my first maybe something like it's neat. My first thought is my first thought is how about Nito? Why 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 does the demon have the authority to steal your crucifix and throw it in the oven? Then I'm thinking why why the oven? Why not the microwave? (laughs) Why not the microwave? Why not the vents? Explode things. That's so funny yeah. that you think like that. I was also just trying to lie down to get more um, to get more comfortable while you were telling me a profound story of faith. Anywho, that's a story of Luke's Catholicism. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I'm really tired. Yeah. Oh, I, I like. I don't even know how to operate in that world. But I will say that I feel like you sharing these stories makes me believe that world exists ever more real. Even oh, though I already totally. believe it. Like I'm not experiencing it like you are, and is this the it's same? It's a very physical, yeah, physical. Thing is this the same see. corpus that popped off and fell in the garbage disposal? Yeah, <laughs> same one. Yeah, was it the same woman? Yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah, you were like, not today, Satan. Just maybe. picked up and grabbed it before he turned on yeah. the garbage. I don't have. I don't have it anymore, unfortunately. Well, and I think it's this in is the actually... oven. It's in the toaster oven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe you should go check if it's in there, and then you text. Us I know a lady who has down. a lot of jam. You could put some toast. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Perhaps you want to have. Perhaps you want to have some avocados with that. I don't know. It's 2019. <laughs> put avocados on everything. Put a bird on it. Put some avocado in it. Um, can I call it a day? Okay, I, I have two questions I want to ask you real quick, and then. Um, I, I think the second one might get a longer answer. I was in the airport yesterday coming back from Vancouver, and there was a... Oh, Canada. Right, beautiful place. Enjoy your socialism, Bernie. <laughs> and <laughs> Vancouver is like paradise. Enjoy your socialism and your syrup, and then your uh, Jason Priestley. 
(laughs) (laughs) And your Mounties and your perfectly groomed Filipinos. Um, This guy. Enjoy your Alanis Morissette and Uncle, uh, what's his name? (laughs) Uncle. (laughs) Uncle Uncle Joey? No. Yes, Uncle Joey. There it is. Um, Did you know that Alanis Morissette, her whole album is about Uncle Joey from Full House? Yeah, we talked about that. Really? Before. Yeah. So there were voodoo dolls, real yeah, voodoo dolls in, uh, in the airport. And they were voodoo dolls of like the Justice League and stuff like that. But they were like Ew. knockoffs. So it's a woman who I've looks, those, yeah, yeah it's, she looks like Wonder Woman, but she's like amazing woman. But, she's, but they're voodoo dolls. Like they're called voodoo dolls. And it's made out of string and all this stuff. What the hell is that? Yeah, it's like a weird popularization of a of a famous, you know, more like movie stuff, occult yeah. activity. Yeah, I think yeah, people just weird. love the scary movie thrill thing, and it's bleeding. Um, and then my my second, so is that dangerous? Should I not buy a commercial voodoo doll? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't, nope. but I, I don't think it's idea. dangerous. Okay, what about should I listen no. to the Goo Goo Dolls? <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely. Baby's black balloon. What if like right what if what if like right when I said it was dangerous, you pulled one out that looked like me and just like stabbed me yeah. in the back? Oh really? Joke's on you. Didn't want to join AMDG. <laughs> <laughs> Got your wallet. Um no, second question, yoga. Can we talk about yoga again? Just real quick for oh, all our not, listeners. I hate yoga. No, who? What? I hate talking about yoga. Why? Because everyone so does it. Well, just because it's 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 a that's a difficult it's a difficult topic. Okay, did you know the there's a thing called fit us? Did you know there's a thing called holy yoga? Holy yeah, yoga. Yeah, so it's Christians. No, no it's not. weave no. scripture reflection, and they remove all of the Hindu like ohms and breathing and energies. They remove all of that, and they remove. But they still use the poses. They, they use um, several. They remove some of the poses, but they use several. Here, I'm just hoping they still do uh, downward dog. But what do you think? Uh, <laughs> I have emotional issues. What do you think about that? that that's have, what Shannon calls it when you let her down. Yeah. Scripture. They read scripture. They do prayer throughout the whole thing. Why are you shaking your head no on an audio podcast? How dare you? I just, I don't know. I, 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 I don't. It just doesn't. It doesn't make any sense to me that you want to stand on that hill and fight. You know, I, I don't get it. Like, what's the what's the draw then? If you're if you're having to add all this and call it holy yoga, what is the draw for it? Why can't you just do Pilates, stretching, or stretching? Why why can't you do that? I don't get it. So there is but, a but here's there's a link to a Catholic.com article called "The Trouble with Yoga," and she brings it up and she talks a little bit about it. My wife read it to me. And this guy, and so I, so we, I posted your thing, and uh, the, one of the reasons why I asked is a longtime supporter and fan of the show, Jose, great guy. He, um, he made a comment like, no, like when I do yoga at my local yoga studio, like I just pray the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary. Like I don't, I don't think about any of the stuff that they're thinking or doing. And so when I was talking to someone the other day, I said, um, you know, like, so I have this friend that does that, right? So it's cool. And I said, but. My other problem is, do you feel the need to do it because this is a pagan practice? You know, blah, blah, blah. And then I I brought up what you said. And then this guy said this. He said, 
Mike's point was key last night. To call it holy yoga would seem to imply that it needs to be baptized. This could then call it into question. However, why can't these people just get together, pray, and then do some stretching and exercise together? As Mike said, stretching is a good way to increase the body's proper function. Trying to baptize yoga at one level is a failure to see that there are naturally good things for the body that should not be overly spiritualized. And then he says, if your hamstrings are really tight and you have lower back problems, can we not just say that stretching and core strengthening would be extremely helpful? That doesn't need to be spiritualized. <laughs> That's so funny. Right. No, so, I mean, I'm going to go back again to, <clears throat> you know, I, I told you this. I read a yeah, ton of Yeah, but that was yogis. just a Patreon episode that wasn't for a wider audience. So, Okay, yeah. so, I to- so I read a bunch of yogis, like probably the top 10 yogis from the last 30 30- 40 years. Okay. Yogi Bear. Yogi, Yogi Bear. Yogi and Baloo. <laughs> Hun Cow fro You guys are all the worst. <laughs> you knew what you were getting into. Um, yeah, I did. I did. Boys will no, be boys. So, and almost all of them have a statement. Almost all of them have a statement where they, they talk about the power of the poses. Okay? And they and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that we should listen to the yogis, right? They're... We, we we don't believe in the same worldview, but what they say, one of them says it exactly like this. He says, even if they don't believe, teach them the poses well, and in the excellence of the poses, the prana will flow, okay? And one of them even compares it to like teaching a child to pray before dinner. They might not believe it, but when you teach them to pray, it builds that faith, okay? And I just, I, I, I've, I've seen a lot of cases go bad because of people who were loosely they were very catholic and loosely involved in yoga and then got involved in like the philosophical side usually and then from the philosophical side more the spiritual side and then they started like a form of syncretism where they're trying to justify like catholicism and hinduism and then it it just it just deteriorates so i i just there's no way to give a blanket statement on the safety of yoga other than to say Best not, but best not. I, I would try if I were you. I'd avoid it. What and, if it's? And, oh no, I'm sorry. Uh, what if it's yoga with goats? Yogoda, it's kind of a thing now. It's kind of a thing now. It's like you do a yoga and you have a goat stand on your back. Yeah, that's stupid. It's so stupid. People, are, people are so people are so <laughs> dumb. Take that out because my sister does it. Oh, sh- <laughs> why does she do it? How stupid is I that? I don't. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> she likes goats. Answer for your adult sister. Answer well, for I mean, her. I guess that would be cool. I, I guess if you like goats, it would be. Cool. I love goats. I do too. And I love Stand yoga. On your back. And my house is only moderately. Invested. I like yogurt. <laughs> no. Okay. Sorry. Uh, you had another point before. Before I interrupted you for cheap laughs, and then I actually have a valid uh, question for you. I I don't remember what it was, but but my my overall point is that like is. Are, are, is every yoga class going to possess you or something like that? Of course not. But certainly, like, there are some serious elements. And it's not just the poses. The the, the tempered breathing is an issue because, you know, if you're trying to trying to invoke an, an altered state of consciousness. Yeah. It, you know, any when they say energy, you know, the books that they're reading translated it energy because – because it's just it doesn't have the richness of what they're really trying to say. They're talking about prana, and prana is the divine life force, you know. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, man, if if someone's really into yoga, you don't have to tell them to read like a Christian critique of it. Tell them to read the yogis, 
I mean, it's terrifying, the stuff that they talk about. Terrifying. So many of those guys will say, and it was at that point that I achieved uh, you know, total transcendence, and at that point I could be worshipped. Oh. Yeah. When I put yeah. my right ankle behind my <laughs> left ear. <laughs> and man, was that a Charlie horse. <laughs> I am qualified to lead a crazy sex cult and buy a farm in Oregon. Yeah. Right. Someone right. turned the right. heat up. Right. You are all wearing orange now. It's so weird because he's saying that laying in bed. I know, Luke. Yeah, right. yeah. I know. Sorry. Yeah. It's so, and the I'm best so part tired. is there's just a silhouette on your belly. <laughs> I'm and so I wonder where that hand tired. is, Luke. This is making me very it's, uncomfortable. It's been, I like to. You guys are. Who doesn't like to this? Put, this is like a locker room. Yeah. Who doesn't That's like what this to should put, be called not catching foxes. It should be called the locker room. Yeah, when which is why down, Trump. Who doesn't like to. When you're lying down, who doesn't like to put a hand in their boxers? I've got it against my thigh. Hear that? That's my thigh. That's his thigh. <laughs> That's my thigh. Luke, stop. Stop. <laughs> Everything is awful, and I want to go home. <laughs> so, guys, I got new IKEA <laughs> shelves. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Okay, I, I, do, I do have a question for you. No. I was just hitting my thigh with my hand. Jeez, pervert. Um, <laughs> he totally is. <laughs> Go on, Luke. I'll be the mature one. <laughs> Put that in a ringtone, Gormley. Um, so on Friday, I'm going to go into – I'm going to uh, try floating. Do you guys know what that is? Is that like a sense deprivation thing? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Is that a bad idea? I don't know what it is. I don't really know anything about it, so I don't know. Cool. All it right. sounds cool I'm, to me. I'm Taking that as a yes. No, so it's um you go into this like pod thing that is designed to not invoke any sort of claustrophobia, so hopefully that doesn't happen. And you go in ten inches of salt um, of like salt water, you put stuff in your ears and you like can get to a point where it's just like a way like relax and you lose all like your senses for a bit and just kind of like chill. Developed in the fifties, so probably has something to do with the Cold War. I also want to point out that Ben Affleck used that in the first Daredevil movie. So, well, there you, you go. Just, you Thin red so line. Nerdy. Thin red line. And, th- and then I'm going to start <laughs> talking to a person who's going to not date or just talk cause, because I'm married, but she's going to have a cool thing where she listens to that one band that we all thought was kind of cool for a bit. And then after like 10 listens, you're like, oh, wait, never mind. Taylor Marshall would never have this ridiculous podcast. Oh, no, because he'd so be true. too busy staring at him into a mirror, bouncing his pecs up and down, going, do, 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 it, they will not. They will not. Gomer, Gomer, that sounded like PBS. This does not reflect the character <laughs> of the show. Views expressed by the man with his hand in his boxers do not necessarily <laughs> reflect <laughs> express the shoes. The shoes. I can't even talk. We're done. We're done. Do you, when, when this is happening, do you just like stress out because you have more editing to do? Oh, I have so much editing to do. 